This is the BAM School Podcast, where we talk about business adventure and mission with your host, Buddy Rathmel. All right. This is one of my absolute favorite topics to talk about. Um, one of the things that people have told me over and over in life is uh, that I make things simple. And uh, I used to not like that. I remember one time I was uh, speaking and a dude from Calvary Chapel in California came up and he was like, bro, that was so simple, man. That was so great. And I, I don't know. I think I kind of wanted to, for people to say, man, that was so deep. I'm going to have to go contemplate that for months. Um, but uh, now I kind of like it because I realize God uses me in people's lives to help them bring clarity and to take action on specific things. And around this idea of making disciples, I think we've overcomplicated it a lot. I think in general, we're distracted and we're busy and we're not focused on the most important things. Um, would you have missed one hour a week, one hour last week of um, time that you spent on Netflix or YouTube or whatever? Um, I, I would venture, I don't even know what the average is, but I'd venture you probably spend at least an hour a day um, watching videos, um, YouTube, whatever, things like that. And I also would venture, you probably didn't even spend one hour in the week actively in making disciples. Now, I hope you did. Um, but uh, I think the number one reason why people don't do that is they don't have a clear, concise, simple plan for making disciples. And so that's what we want to talk about today, a way um, that you can do that. So first question, what is a disciple? Simply put, I think a disciple is someone who follows the commands of Christ. One of the last and uh, greatest of those commands, Matthew 28, 19 through 20 says, all authority has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and then a promise and surely I'm with you to the very end of the age. And so a disciple is someone who follows the commands of Christ, including the command to make disciples. So a disciple is someone who makes disciples. So if you're not making disciples, are you truly a disciple of Christ? Um, I know your inner self right now, if you're not making disciples going, yes, and you're justifying that in some way, um, but maybe don't justify that. Maybe just listen to the spirit of God. If the spirit of God is going, Hey, now is the time for you to make disciples. Here is a plan, a simple plan of how you could be making disciples. Maybe that's something that, um, you can and should be doing. Why do we make disciples? Well, um, for me, one of the big motivators is Daniel chapter 12, verse three, it says, those who are wise will shine like the brightness of heavens and those who lead many to righteousness, like the stars forever and ever. And so I want to help you, one, be wise, and two, lead others to righteousness. And I want to see you in heaven someday shining like the brightness of the stars. I don't even know what that means, um, but I know it's a good thing. And um, one of the things I, I think, um, I don't know where it comes from, but we kind of feel like um, heaven is like an all-inclusive resort. Like, oh, if we're in, we're in. And that is not the case at all when you look at scripture. Some are going to get into heaven as one escaping through the flames. You're going to smell the smoke on them and be like, man, that guy is the least in heaven, but he's here. 
You know, the least in heaven, way better than an eternity spent in hell. But why not be great in heaven? Why not pursue the things that God calls us to do? Why not run after God? Why not abide in Christ? And um, Jesus says, when we do that, we will bear fruit, a much fruit that will last through all of eternity. And um, we know that there's somehow there's a greater fullness or or greater rewards or or greater crowns. Um, And so one of the reasons that I want to be making disciples is I think it's one of the um, best things we can be doing to storing up treasures in heaven. How do you make disciples? Um, There's, you know, I think growing up in a military community, the navigators had a really big ministry. And so I thought of discipleship as one-on-one discipleship. And then as I got older, I thought, well, the best way to make disciples is like Jesus, you know, get a group of 12 people together and live together for a season. Um, Very good tool for making disciples. Um, But over the last year, in fact, I had a conversation last year where one of my students um, that I only spent uh, an hour a week with over pizza, maybe an hour and a half. Um, but we we went through this big discipleship manual. They weren't digging that. And so we switched to mag groups in the spring. And um, these students, uh, I don't know where the picture of them is, um, but I'll show you those students later. But one of them, uh, we had breakfast in May and he said, um, one, I wouldn't have bought a house while I was still in college if he hadn't told me I could. And he bought with his brother, um, a $670,000 brand new house uh, in Denver, Colorado that they're house hacking and having other people uh, live there and help pay the mortgage, which one is helping them pay the mortgage and two is uh, grounds for discipleship. They're meeting regularly, studying the word of God and having Bible study and fellowship. And he's also involved in this church. And I realized like I spent um, an hour a week with him and he took away some of these concepts that people that I spent, you know, 20 or 30 hours a week with didn't always walk away with. Um, when I was uh, early in my ministry years, I read a book by Greg Ogden and he talked about the concept of making disciples two or three at a time instead of um, one-on-one or small group. He actually studied all three methods, one-on-one, one-on-two or three, and one on like 10 or 12. And he hypothesized that one-on-one would be the most effective, but what he actually found that And by effective, he meant disciples who make disciples. And what he found was that in one on two or three, that was actually the most effective method for making disciples. And I just read something recently that said, we learn things five times faster in a group than we do if we have a one-on-one tutor, which seems weird. Like, it's like, wait, no, tutoring should be the best way to learn. And I don't even, I don't know the data or where that five times faster came from. But I do know in discipleship, and I've thought about this a lot, I think the reason that people um, are able to take in the things and then go on and reproduce and make disciples is when it's one-on-one, it feels like, well, I need to get all the way up to where this person is. Then I can also bring someone up to my level. But when it's two or three people meeting around a table and we're peers and it's mutual, there's something different that happens. I remember years ago meeting with two guys, twenty over 20 years ago now, uh, Mike and John. And Mike was a young airman. And one day he shared Philippians 2.14, do everything without complaining or arguing. And he talked about how he needed to apply that in his life. 
And um, I was like, you know what? I have been complaining about this thing in my life. I don't remember what it was now, but um, I, I was like, yeah, that's something I need to work on too. And even though God didn't impress that upon me while we were reading, because you said that now, like, yeah, that's something I need to apply to my own life. And he came back the next week and he said, you know, that was really cool. Like, um, I've never had God use me in somebody else's life like that. And he didn't say like, oh, and you're the leader of this group. I was, you know, I was the facilitator of it, the starter of it, but it was mutual. Like everyone's taking turns leading. And um, it was really cool. And that was when it kind of hit me, like, because it was a peer thing, um, he could see God using him in my life. And then Mike and John are learning from one another as well. We're all learning from one another. And so just um, a really effective kind of format. So Neil Cole came up with this idea. He called it Life Transformation Groups. You'll see if you Google Life Transformation Church, you'll see a lot of um, Neil Cole's books and hundreds of churches that use them. I've called it Mag Groups for a long time. You can always download the brochure at maggroups.com um, or here below. Uh, this is the group of students that I met with. Casey in the green is the student that I was talking about. But a lot of these students went on to then do their own mag groups. Um, and when COVID hit, they were, you know, meeting with different people um, virtually. Uh, we actually met together for a season virtually. But um, you can do mag groups virtually. I think it's a lot more um, effective to meet in person. Um, but I want to just go real quick through the, the mag group brochure. Five elements of um, this method of making disciples. One, community. Um, two, we have accountability with one another. Three, confidentiality. The things said in the group stay in the group. Flexibility. You know, with two or three people, if someone has a meeting or whatever, you can you can move it around and change it. If you have 10 people, there's no like changing, you know, to accommodate somebody. And then um, reproducibility. It's something you can be a part of for a few weeks and go on and do your own. The three elements of a mag group are sin is confessed and mutual accountability, and we're spurred on towards love and good deeds. So we're going through on the next page, you'll see these accountability questions on the left there. Um, I'm not going to go through those in detail. You can read those later, but um, we're keeping each other accountable to things. Um, the second element is we're soaking ourselves in God's word. We're reading 25 to 30 chapters of the, of the Bible a week, and we're reading repetitively. So if we're reading um, the book of Romans, we might read the first eight chapters three times. Um, or, you know, we might read the first four chapters six times that week or something or seven times. And, um, and we're reading a chunk of scripture and we're reading it repetitively, allowing the spirit of God to um, interact in our own lives with our own heart. And um, the other thing is if somebody, if one person in the group doesn't finish, everyone reads that same passage of scripture again. The third thing is that missing or prayed for specifically and regularly, we're each praying for um, the missing to come to Christ. Uh, some of the things that people have found uh, effective in doing mag groups is um, read to hear from God and apply it to your own life. Don't just read to read. Um, we've all been there, if, you know, where it's like, oh, I just, I, you know, in a mag group, sometimes it's like, oh, I need to read because it's the end of the week. Um, try to read throughout the week and read to hear from God. Um, a lot of people like to record the things that they've read in a journal. 
helps to kind of cement and lock in those things. Set goals for each week. Maybe you read a command of Christ um, to pray or to give, and you go, you know what? I, this is something that needs to change in my life. I need to um, be praying more. Let me let me think about how to do that in my life. Create that as more of a habit. Um, think about who you might like to in, invite into your Mad Group. Maybe uh, if you've been meeting for a while, um, maybe you go, you know what? Let's invite two more people and let's multiply this out. Um, for next year or something like that. And the last thing is do a minimum of five weeks in a row. You know, if you want to get in shape and you go to the gym for two weeks and then you quit, there's going to be zero change in your life. If you do a mag group for two weeks, not going to be much change in your life. If you go to the gym for two years, big change in your life. Uh, if you do a mag group for two years, big change in your life, uh, big change in, in making disciples. So I want to encourage you to, to stick it out and with a specific group for at least five weeks. <laughs> Here's the accountability questions. Um, you can read through those. Eight is for your own personal question. Um, a lot of times when I'm meeting with young guys, it's something around health or, <laughs> pardon me, fitness. Um, but it could be, yeah, it could be something that you want to apply or, um, kids, relationship, what's your own personal accountability question in there, along with the other ones designed to um, have you confess sin and spur one another's on towards love and good deeds. And then the middle part is where we're each writing down the name of somebody to be praying for, um, to come to Christ. And uh, yeah, you can always download these from madgroups.com. And Neil Cole has a couple of books. One is called Search and Rescue about mag groups, or as he calls them, life transformation groups. Um, there's also his early one, Cultivating a Life for God. Um, but yeah, there's some, just some, if you want, if you're somebody who likes, don't get stuck in knowledge. Like I would say, before you read a book, start a mag group, then read a book about it. Um, I think in the West, we get too stuck in knowledge and not enough in action. Um Next, I, not next, like right now, but next video, I want to talk about making disciples in the workplace, um, but that'll be uh, a different course for a different time. But right now, I just want to challenge you with this question. What is God impressing on you right now? In your own discipleship, is there someone that you should invite into a mag group to a discipleship making process? Um, or is there someone that you should have a conversation with to go, hey, could the two of us invite two more people and we start our own mag group? Um, but, or maybe maybe you're already involved in like a one-on-one -on -one thing or you're involved in a small group and that's your discipleship making process. Great. Maybe you, you just think of somebody you could invite to that or do with that. But I would encourage you to, if you're a follower of Christ, to be involved in making disciples. And this is a dead simple plan for you to do just that. BAM School, facilitating a global, self-funding, disciple-making movement through business. Thanks for tuning in to the BAM School podcast. Find show notes, free courses, resources, and more at forbam.com.